Welcome to the Rare Faith Podcast, where the solution to every problem is only an idea away, and where the same activity with just a little more awareness always yields better results. Award-winning, best-selling author, Leslie Householder, brings some of her best information to this inspiring series of life-changing episodes that you won't want to miss. Show notes for this episode can be found at rarekindoffaith.com. Is there anybody else that would like to say hello before we get started? Hello. Hi, who's I'm this? John. John, where are you calling from? St. George, Utah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope, I'm Janice's husband. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. We've had four people say hello so far, and three out of four are from St. George. Hey, good place to be from. It is. It must be. See, somebody just joined us from New Jersey. Who's this? My name is Joe and my wife, Kim. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the call. We're going to get started here. This is Leslie Householder. I am so excited to be doing this, and let me tell you why. I went to an event that really inspired me, and it made me realize, you know what? I need to be doing more live events. I started doing live events 10 years ago, and I would do little seminars for people and groups, and then they turned into big seminars. And because I'm I'm a mom, I've got seven kids, and we are still raising our family. It just got to be a little bit crazy, and so I steered away from live events for some time and would only maybe do events during July. You know, we'd kind of turn it into a speaking tour every July, and that was fun. But last summer, I thought, boy, I think it's time. My youngest is out of diapers. The older ones are old enough to be helping, and so we started doing events every month. It's throughout the year when we want to do a new event, we have to dig really hard and far to find a place to put it because we're always out doing stuff. And it's been a lot of fun. But one of the biggest complaints I've been getting from readers is that, well, I can't get there. I'm in Israel or I am in Africa <laughs> or on the other side of the country. And it's just not practical or, or possible for me to travel for a two-hour free seminar in Arizona. And so I decided to experiment with the Awaken Your Genius class. It has become an evolution of what my message has been over the last 10 years. My message started out being all about abundance and prosperity and breakthroughs and this kind of thing. And over the years, it's kind of evolved a bit. It has turned into a little bit of a different message. And you're going to see that through this call tonight. You'll have to bear with me because I am fighting allergies and a head cold. So if I start sounding really nasal, I need to take a break to go get some water or blow my nose or something. You're going to understand why. Sorry, that's probably too much information for you, but this is real. So here we are. You can use the principles to accomplish anything you want, but I've experienced setting goals and achieving goals for things that were perhaps haphazardly selected. And I've learned some hard lessons through those experiences. I may or may not have time to share some of those with you tonight, but through those experiences, I've adopted the perspective that every one of us has a purpose to fulfill while we're here on this planet. Um, and not just one, there's overall guiding ones, but there there are also sub-purposes that we are to fulfill along the way. And those are contributions that we can make to humanity at large. They're contributions that we can make to our own families, uh, to the community, to our to our posterity, to leave a legacy, and these kinds of things. There is a purpose for each one of us to fulfill. Most of us don't have a clue what that really is. We might have a general idea or kind of an inkling of what we'd like to accomplish before we pass on, but there are two things that get in the way of us accomplishing that. There are obstacles to discovering and accomplishing it. So these obstacles that I've identified are A, distractions, and I'll talk about what those are in just a minute, but 
B, lack of resources. So let's talk about A, distractions that prevent us from discovering and accomplishing our purpose. Those distractions can be eliminated or solved or satisfied through genius ideas. Let's move on to B, lack of resources. Whether or not you're aware that there may be a purpose for you to fulfill, something that may prevent you from discovering it and accomplishing it are lack of resources. And that's kind of twofold. Number one, lack of resources can keep you distracted, back to A, distracted from even looking for it. But then on another level, maybe you already know what your purpose is. It can really hold you back if you know what it is for you to have lack of resources because it takes resources to accomplish purposes, okay? Genius ideas will help you get past the obstacle and fulfill your purpose. So now I know a lot of people are listening to this call tonight because they have a problem that they want to solve. And they thought that if they could come up with a genius idea that would solve that problem, that's what they came for. That's why you should be here. Maybe there's a book that you know you need to write. And it's kind of been fleeting in the back of your mind here and there. But, you know, you've got this scouting assignment that is consuming all your time. I had Weeblos today. I'm a Weeblos instructor, (laughs) den leader. And I love it. Sometimes it's hard to get it all done and ready before they get there. And if I'm also writing a book, it can feel like a real distraction. And so we have to get good at kind of shifting gears and playing all the roles that we play and taking off this hat and then putting on that hat. But if the overall big purpose behind everything that's on your mind is getting a book out and getting your message out and leaving that legacy And it may be something else. It may be creating shelters for battered women, or it may be just building a family unit and environment that inspires and leads and trains your children the way you want them trained. Whatever your grand purpose is on your mind, that's on the other side of the immediate distractions. Well, we're going to talk about how to get those genius ideas that can solve those immediate distractions, and then you use the same process to come up with genius ideas that will help you accomplish the purpose or even find the purpose if you're not sure what that is. Genius ideas come as answers to powerful questions. I know sometimes it can be hard to put it in words because sometimes our heads are so in the middle of it that it's cloudy, it's vague, it's confusing, it feels like chaos. I know, but I've found that there is a formula to getting clarity on these kinds of answers in this whole process. So once you have it in the form of a question, hopefully you've read Portal to Genius. It's the sequel to The Jackrabbit Factor. If you have not, make sure you get a copy of that and read that book because that integrates all of the lessons that I had learned since writing Jackrabbit Factor into the sequel format. And by the way, The Jackrabbit Factor, it takes place in about one day. That whole dream thing takes place in one day. And yes, there is the epilogue 10 years later or so. But Portal to Genius answers the question, who was the gentleman at the end of the story who had an amazing idea? Who was he and what was it? And how does that tie into Richard? And then it also answers the question, how did Richard and Felicity actually implement those philosophical principles into reality to to achieve the success implied in the epilogue? And so really where the first book only spans one day, the sequel covers 10 years prior to that day and then 10 years after that day. You can see those options at portaltogenius.com. What you're going to find in that book is that each person in that story has a dilemma to solve. 
you've got Richard and Felicity. You know their dilemma. They're at the end of their financial rope, and they're trying to figure out how to get out from under their pressures. Uh, you've got Morgan, who has to come up with some kind of medical miracle for his son. You've got Ray, who's got to come up with $4.5 million by Wednesday. And yet each one of them go through the same process to come up with their genius ideas. And so if we don't get to cover everything that you are looking for in this call, make sure you pick up a copy of that. Say you learn the law of relativity. The law of relativity says that nothing that happens to you is fundamentally good or bad until you relate it to something else. Therefore, something that happens to you, if you perceive it to be bad, it's only bad in light of something better. If you want to feel good about your situation, you need to relate it to something worse. If you're traveling along life and something happens to you, like you go outside and your car won't start, well, immediately we perceive that to be bad. Well, it's only bad relative to something better. But if you are living by this law of relativity, then when it happens, you go out and the car won't start, you immediately shift into living the laws and say, oh, you know what? Interesting that this car isn't starting. I'm so glad that I have a car, that it wasn't stolen last night. That's living by the law of relativity. Do you see how that works? Okay, so you learn a principle, you start living by it, things go swimmingly. <laughs> things are going your way, and or you just feel like you're on top of the world. You feel like, yeah, I'm on purpose. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. Things feel great. And things are going well. Good stuff's happening. And all of a sudden, it's not working anymore. What's going on? And it causes us to start searching for new answers. It causes us to start searching for new principles to live by. Ultimately, it's leading you to find your purpose. And that divine guidance system leads you to discover all the truth that you are supposed to find while you're here on this planet. This process continues until your purpose is in perfect alignment with God's purposes for you. And when that happens, then you'll be fearless and unstoppable. So what happens to people is they start realizing that, oh my gosh, there's something to this jackrabbit factor principle. Things work better when I think this way. But eventually, it's going to kind of start feeling like it's not working anymore because it's time to fine-tune you. It's time to start fine-tuning your desires and choosing goals that are in alignment with God's overall purposes for the planet at large. Now, you may or may not want to agree with that, and that's totally your choice. These are the conclusions that I've come to. And when I have come to a place where I'm willing to find what God wants me to find, and I start looking for that, when I start looking for, okay, what should my next goal be? What could I accomplish that would be in alignment with what's best for me and my highest good? That's when answers start coming again, and that's when the principles start working better. Now, there are people who are going to reject this, and that's okay. Now, you can do with this what you want, but like I said, these are the conclusions I've come to. I'll be honest with you. When I first started teaching the principles, it's because I was passionate about them and I just couldn't not teach them. The book had to be written because it was inside me and it had to get out. In order to sleep, I had to write it. I wanted to sleep again. <laughs> it kept me awake. So I finally did that. But there came a point when things stopped working and the goals were getting harder and harder to achieve 
that I started teaching the classes and writing the articles just out of obligation. I thought, well, I'm supposed to do this because it's good for people, but I sure don't feel like doing it anymore because I can't seem to make them work for me. People were still writing me saying, thank you so much for that article. It changed everything. I've achieved my goal. Or I read your book and it changed everything and we've achieved these goals. And I'm thinking, well, good for you. I'm so happy for you. But I'm tired of not reaching my own goals. You know, and I don't know if I should be even telling you this. This is candid Leslie, okay? This is the real me. This is what's going on. So for some time there, I would do it just because I felt like I had to. I felt like it was what God wanted me to do, but I was feeling a little bit rebellious about it. <laughs> so like, all right, I'm chasing this carrot, but when do I ever get to achieve my next goal? I was feeling bitter, and I was going through the motions, and I was amazed at what good was being done in spite of me. So if you're feeling like you're not perfect and that you've got issues and that you know that you can help people, if you do it anyway, you'll be blessed. But here's what I came to. I was not abiding by the laws and the principles that I was supposed to be learning because I hadn't figured them out yet. And when I finally figured them out and I was able to turn my will over and just say, okay, I'm willing to be shaped. I'm willing to be shaped and guided. Show me what I should do and how I should go about it. And what I want doesn't matter anymore. I'll just do what's right. And things started working better again. And it was interesting. I kind of didn't like the process. It was painful and not fun. But I guarantee you, I promise you, that when you figure out what you're supposed to be doing and you surrender to it and you allow yourself to be an instrument in God's hands to do many good things, I promise you that the reward for that is better than anything you could come up with on your own for a goal. You may think you want this gadget or that kind of lifestyle, and that's fine and good and wonderful. You may feel like something's not working. It's not working out for you. When you can release to a purpose bigger than you, you'll find out that what God has in mind for you is better and bigger and more amazing and more fulfilling and more satisfying than anything you could dream up on your own. I kind of took that tangent feeling like I was supposed to for some reason. So hopefully that helps somebody. So let me tell you how genius ideas happen. I want you to picture a radio in your room. Some of you have heard this analogy before. Some of you have not. So I'm going to go through it because it's very, very important to understand. Imagine one of those old-fashioned radios in your room like knobs on the front. And say you turn on that radio and you hear a station. Did the radio attract the music? Well, not really. The music was already in the room. The radio just made it audible because it was tuned in to the right station. If I wanted to hear something other than classical, maybe I wanted to hear talk radio, I would have to adjust the mechanics inside that radio so that it was receiving a different frequency of a broadcast. So look around the room you're in right now, and if the room's quiet, except for this call, there is music in that room. There's also talk radio in the room. And the only reason you're not hearing it is because the device you need that can make it audible is not tuned in to those stations. Now there is a law called the law of vibration. It's the law that is often referred to as the law of attraction, but I prefer calling it the law of vibration. So did my mentor. That's why I do it that way. Because the radio did not attract the music. It did not suck the music through the walls into the room. 
it was already there. It just made it audible. And so it's the vibration of the music and the vibration of the mechanics inside that radio that resonate with each other that make the signal audible. The law of vibration says that everything in the universe is in a state of vibration. The phone on a molecular level is vibrating at very, very rapid speeds. And your body even is made up of atoms and molecules that are buzzing around and bumping around, and they are vibrating at a certain frequency. And your vibratory frequency is altered by the way you think. This is very important to understand that your thoughts control your feelings and your feelings control your vibration. Have you ever walked into a room where somebody is angry and they don't even have to say a word and you can feel the anger in the room, right? Even as kids, you could walk into the room and your mom or your dad or the both of them could be in there and if there had been an argument, you could feel it because they are feeling something and you walk in and that vibration has been broadcast from their body. Your body is a tool of the mind that sends signals to people. All it is is how do people feel when they're next to you or near you. It doesn't even have to be in the same room. You could think about a person and get a sense for what's going on if you're really tuned into this and get a thought that you should call somebody because they were thinking something that you can help them with. This is how this works. It's not mystical. It's not woo-woo. It's chemistry. And so the cool thing about this is this does not replace faith. When you understand these principles, it all works together. It all works together. As you have an image in your mind of something that you want and you allow yourself to get emotionally engaged with that thought, you are changing your vibration. Write down the question that you would like an answer to. The way that you get the answer to that is you have to change your vibration because the answer to that question is in the room, just like classical music is. Every idea is swirling around the world just like broadcasts from radios, transmitters and stuff. And so if you want to get that spark of an idea, that genius idea, you change your vibration, you get your thoughts and your emotions and everything up to that level where that genius idea is, and it will come to you like you just turned your radio. Think about praying. If you communicate with your creator on a regular basis, how often have you knelt down and asked for an answer to something, all the while feeling fear or worry as you imagine on the screen of your mind the picture of the disaster you're trying to avoid? That answer has been delivered. That answer is as close to you as your room. The answer is there. But in order for you to receive it, your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be prepared to receive it. And in order to receive an idea that is on that level, which is at a higher level of where we normally think, those genius ideas, that's why they call them genius ideas. It's a spark. It's because it's an idea that is on a level or a plane that is better or higher than where we normally live. So how to get that genius idea? First, you look at the question you've asked. What problem do you want to solve? Well, how can I get X amount of dollars by this such and such date? If you want the answer to that question, you've got to 
first of all, see yourself with the money as though it's already happened. Put it on the screen of your mind. What we're doing is we're changing the vibration of your body. Okay, you're a radio. We're tuning your dial. You're going to take the time to picture it on the screen of your mind as though you already have it. Involve as many senses as you possibly can. So you're going to close your eyes, and maybe you don't see yourself holding a pile of cash, but maybe you see yourself receiving a check in that amount and driving it to the bank and depositing it. That's something very real that you can imagine. You could run through that movie in your mind and don't see yourself driving down the street. Put yourself in the car. See yourself in the car. See yourself holding the steering wheel, driving with the check. The check's on the seat next to you, and there's a purse sitting on top of it so it won't blow away because the window's down and the wind is blowing by. It involve all the senses that you possibly can. Now, why are we doing this? Because you're going to change your vibration. Remember, you're looking for the idea that's going to produce that check. So you see yourself living it, you see yourself experiencing it, and you allow yourself to feel the gratitude and the victory and the relief that it's done. If that were already done, would you be falling to your knees thanking your creator for sending it to you? Absolutely. So if that's what you're trying to accomplish it can be a very powerful thing to run through that and then fall to your knees and thank him for the money that you know he is sending you. To be grateful for something before it's with you, that's faith. Now compare that to the person who falls to their knees with the image of the disaster they're trying to avoid on the screen of their mind, begging, pleading, please help me, please rescue me from this, please solve this problem, because if you don't, oh my heck, this is going to fall apart, that person's going to be mad, I'm going to have to face this ugly phone call. Well, the answer's already in the room, but you're not going to get it, because you're not vibrating at that level. Kind of cool stuff, kind of weird stuff, but I tell you, this stuff works, and if you're worried about this taking you away from a relationship with your creator, think again, because this is one of the most important principles in applying faith that you need to know is faith is only as good as you're willing to take the actions that are inspired by it. So if you are applying faith to solve a problem and the genius idea comes to you, you might not think it's a genius idea. You might think, oh, that would be a horrible idea. That's a freaking scary idea. You need to see it for what it is. If you've gone through this process and the idea comes, call so-and-so do this and that, do such and such. It may not be a comfortable answer, but it is an answer. You already have everything you need. Have you ever heard be still? Yeah, it's a good one. Be still, which means be calm, which means relax, which means you're going to get genius ideas better if you're relaxed. Okay, so in order to accomplish your goal or to solve your problem, you need this something in your life three weeks from now. Well, people spend a lot of time fussing, fretting, and worrying about that item they need three weeks from now when they could be acting now in their immediate environment with the things that are already a part of your world to get one step closer. You've got to relax about the thing that's three weeks from now and act today on your present surroundings in your immediate environment and trust that particle by particle, element by element, you will be led naturally to everything you need to accomplish your grand design. Passion or a big problem unlocks genius ideas.
Now let me explain why this is so. Really, it's the passion that unlocks a genius idea because that's the emotional part of goal achievement. The passion is what changes your vibration. See how that works? Once your vibration is changed, the ideas come to you. Now, sometimes it takes a big problem to get you to a place where you get passionate about solving it. But don't be so passionate about the problem. You've got to be passionate about the solution. That's one of the hardest things to do, but that's what needs to happen. Instead of focusing on the problem you're trying to avoid, you've got to focus on what you want instead. What does it look like with that problem solved? What does that really look like and how would that feel? Inspired ideas, once accepted, come with a responsibility to see them through. So long as there is still something that you can do, keep going. We think we're stuck when we're not stuck. We feel stuck when we're not really stuck. When we're really stuck, that means there are no resources left. That means there are no more people in your life left. As long as there is a single relationship between you and another person on the planet, or as long as there are resources in your world at all, if there is a light switch on the wall, there are things in your world, okay? So you're not stuck. And if you feel stuck, you go through this process. You see the victory, one, you change your vibration, and you look for the ideas that pop in your head, and you start writing down whatever comes to your head, no matter how random, no matter how obscure, no matter how scary it is, you write it down. Now, if you come to a Genius Boot Camp sometime, we're going to go through these processes in real time. In the class, we actually do the work. The last Genius Boot Camp I did, it was incredible. Every person in that class, I asked for a raise of hands, how many of you got the idea you were looking for? And halfway through the class, every person had already gotten their idea. They already knew what they needed to do next. And so the rest of the class was about fine-tuning, breaking it down, getting over the fear, and laying out a game plan so they can go have their victory. Powerful class. You're going to want to be a part of that. Now, I realize some of you are on the other side of the planet. You're not going to, for whatever reason, be able to make it to this class. That's okay. To have a live experience like that, it's unique. It's not for everybody, but it's powerful for those who come. Our biggest flagship program is a 12-week course. Some people take longer. It's a go-at-your-own-pace thing, but it's designed for 12 weeks. So I want to take a minute to tell you what that is and why you may want to look into it. It was our answer to the travel dilemma that people faced with our classes. You go through two phases. The first phase walks you step-by-step through 12 lessons that helps you create an experience where you see an absolute direct relation between what you thought and what showed up in your world. By the time you're done with phase one, you absolutely know that what you thought was the reason that showed up, whatever that might be. So you go through that experience first. And the reason I walk people through that experience first is because it's really, really hard to set big goals with this underlying doubt that I'm not sure I could really do that. And so we get that out of the way by giving you a little experience with something insignificant, something that does not wreak havoc on your subconscious programs, <laughs> that doesn't wrestle with those deep-seated paradigms, but something that is inconsequential. We go through that in phase one because by the end of that, you're like, oh my heck, if I can do that, I can do anything. And that's when we start setting the big goals. And then in phase two, I help you conquer the first big step in your bigger goal. And at the midterm, I help you go through that. We work one-on-one with that a little bit. 
prosperthefamily.com is where you learn more about that. But if you like the in-person stuff, go sign up for the Genius Boot Camp. It's a small group. I can only take 20 people. So if you're interested in that, you're going to want to go to geniusbootcamp.com. Thank you for being on the call. Have a great night. Take care. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at a rarekindoffaith.com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.